What's up and welcome back to the last kind of funny Indiana Jones in review. For now, as always, I am Tim Geddes, joined by Greg Miller. I exist in the space between spaces. Nick Scarpino. It belongs in a museum. Blessing. Kindofunny.com slash questionable. <laughs> and Andy Cortez. <laughs> a good-ass movie, man. <laughs> okay. Okay, Andy. Can't wait to get That's into That's the energy you're going to bring today, Andy. Because <laughs> this is Kind of Funny's in review. Each and every week, we rank and review two different movie franchises. Uh, this week, we are wrapping up Indiana Jones and Magic Mike, which means next week we are starting with some new stuff. Uh, we're actually going to be bringing back the one that started it all with the MCU in review. We're going to be doing an episode for WandaVision where we were going, we're going to rank and review the entire season of WandaVision against the other MCU Marvel Studios projects. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Of course, that'll be Friday when that comes out. But before then, uh, we are going to begin a very long journey with Pixar in review. We're going to do this one a little bit differently than our other in reviews because it's so long, because there's like 20 movies. Um, we And we've already done the Toy Story ones. We're going to go in, start ranking them, starting with Bugs Life against Toy Story. And Pixar will be uh, in review series that when there are gaps in the schedule, that's when those things will be filled in. By the end of the year, we'll be done with all the Pixar ones for sure. Um, but we just got a lot of good stuff coming up like Godzilla and Mortal Kombat. A lot of that HBO Max goodness going on but that's so far away today we are talking about indiana jones you can watch this on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com you can also get it as a podcast by searching for kind of funny reviews if you want to get the show ad free you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny where you can watch the show live as it's being recorded and be a patreon producer like gram of legend david mintel Al, the Predator, Tribesman, Cassandra Ramirez, Spen McHale, James Davis, and the Nanobiologist. Uh, today we're brought to you by MeUndies, but we'll tell you about that later. Let's get right into it. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, or as it was first titled, Indiana Jones and the Atomic Ants. Then later titled, Indiana Jones. There's some fucking the, aliens here. <laughs> and the Destroyer of Worlds that they thought was too scary of a title. So they're like, nope, we're going with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. A runtime of two hours and two minutes released on May 22nd, 2008. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Music by John Williams. Uh, this had a budget of $185 million, making it the most expensive movie ever directed by Steven Spielberg. A box office of $790.7 million, which I'm pretty... Shocked by this did very well, uh, becoming the franchise's highest grossing film as well as the second highest grossing film of 2008. Do you guys want to guess what was above Indiana Jones in 2008? Blessing nailed it. Number Look one, at was them the go. Dark yeah, I was there. I was there. <laughs> you I, was there. I was a now, sophomore in we high school. There. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's Steven What's up? I was going to say, do you think when Steven Spielberg and George Lucas watched The Dark Knight, they were like, oh, you can iterate. You can actually like make new old stuff like different now. I, we didn't know that. Oh, well, I guess we'll just uh, fucking rehash all the shit for the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. This movie's garbage. They added new stuff. There's CG. Lots um, of CG, Nick. Yeah, lots of CG. So much. So uh, it's much called CG. lazy filmmaking, Greg. It's called. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. Just I don't, put when some you were handing out all your Nick there. Awards to the Mandalorian, I don't think I remember you calling them lazy for you shooting in that weird dome, huh? Huh? Wait, Tough when guy. did I hand? First off, what are Nick Awards and how do I get one? <laughs> Can I hand myself one? 
So Dark Knight was number one. Indiana Jones, the Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull was number two. Uh, the rest of the top 10 of the highest grossing movies in t- 2008 kind of surprised me. So do you guys have any guesses? 2008, top 10 box offices. What's number mm. three? Was there a Transformers that came out that year? No Transformers. That was 2007. Was there an X-Men movie that came out that year? There should have been a Transformers no. that came Iron out. Man. Iron Man coming in at number eight. Wow. Number eight oh, wow. On the list, me. Iron Man. Uh, below Iron Man, Wally at number nine. Wow. And the Chronicles of Narnia, Prince Caspian at number 10. Rest we got the Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> eh. Uh, then number three, underneath Indiana Jones and the Kingdom Crystal Skull, Kung Fu Panda. Hell oh, yeah. great film. Oh, that's great good. film. That's a number four, right Hancock. Oh, let's uh, go. Yeah. Not a good let's film. Number go. five, Hancock. Got a hand job believe... during the Hancock movie. Oh, wow. Wow. That's... No, you didn't. That didn't <laughs> sound cool. I rented it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> also, there was no one else in the room. It was, it was just him doing it. <laughs> I wasn't in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number five shocks me. Mama Mia. That's a thing. Mama Mia was Mama thing, Mia was one of the top Tim, ten highest grossing movies. Do you know how many people of Mama. Abba's are out there? They love all Mama Mia, dude. Yeah. They love yeah. it. They Come love Abba. It. it reminds them of Pasta Pazool. <laughs> Magic know? Mike wasn't on the damn list. Pasta okay, we're not going to compare Pizzool. Magic Mike to Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah Mamma Mia was a, a dirty stripper movie, all right? Mamma Mia is a fun little... No, Magic Number six is Madagascar, and number seven is James Bond, Quantum of Solace. Madagascar didn't come out in 2008. Madagascar escaped to Africa. Okay, cool. Now he's <laughs> Plus, is about to throw some goddamn No, hands. I was like, no, we're not going to we're not gonna sit here and act like Madagascar came out in 2008. It came out in like 2004 <laughs> or some shit. I was in elementary school. I remember. Now, real quick, I, I was you there. Know, I, I know we're making a polished podcast, but in the, the Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash kind of funny, you can watch the show too. Chance Carter said, fuck ABBA. All right. And I was like, oh man, that's a strong stance against ABBA. Then he follows up like four things down. ABBA and Mama Mia ruined my life. What? <laughs> I want to know that story. Chance, I need you to tell that story so I can communicate it. Because I know what? that sounds like, you know, how Batman's parents were killed in an alley. Like, <laughs> they, your family the died 18s? in the way to see Mama Mia. <laughs> so I've only seen Mama Mia too. And I, I watched it for the first time a few months ago. Good movie. Wait, you jumped to the second one? Yeah, I, my friends sent me off. Like, I, I, I was hanging out with the homie Yusef McGee, right? We're like, let's have, it, let's have a small, like a small movie night. You know, we're gonna watch uh, Mamma Mia. For some reason, I don't know why, but they were like, Mamma Mia Two is the one to start with. And so I watched it, didn't understand a thing that was going on because Mamma yeah, Mia. You need context see, the first one. It's kind if of a you complex. not see Mamma Mia Two, they go back and forth in time, and so you're like hanging out with, I guess, the mom as a kid, but then it fast forward with the to Mamma Mia with Mamma Mia, yeah, and then fast forward to present day and you're getting all of these age shifts and all this stuff that's going on, and if you have no idea who these characters are, it is impossible to follow. But I like the movie, though. It was very good music. Same with us. I remember when the trailer dropped. I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I remember when the trailer for the second one dropped, or maybe it was just an anime, and they were like, it's been 10 years since Mamma Mia 1. I was like, it's been fucking 10 years since the original Mamma Mia? That feels like it it did not come out that long. Do you guys know they made a sequel to my Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yeah. Today we're talking about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Andy, what did you think about this movie? Oh, man. (laughs) This fucking movie. Um, You know, it's weird, right? I had never seen it before. Going into it, all I heard was about this goddamn nuclear bomb in the fridge, right? That's all I knew. And I knew plenty about it, right? 
going into it though, I thought it was going to be kind of the um um the the what's it called the 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 what's the film term for it? MacGuffin throwback. I thought it was going to be the MacGuffin of the movie. I thought Every time I kept hearing about this this fridge, I kept thinking like, "Oh, this has got to be a main plot beat, right?" Yeah, they're gonna nope. do something with it at the beginning of the movie, and then they're gonna realize, "Oh shit, that thing can do the thing at the end of the movie." Oh wow, it all comes full circle. <laughs> so, I didn't, so when this fucking <laughs> when Indiana Jones gets launched four miles <laughs> in a fridge and then gets out totally fine, totally fine, I. I was like, oh, I think that's that was the moment, probably. Like for sure, that's the moment. And the and no, the fridge just never came back. So I was really kind of shocked by <laughs> the lack of fridge later on in the movie. And uh, I'll tell you how I felt about the movie. I think <laughs> I'll I, tell you how I felt about the movie. He gets up, just farts into the microphone, and leaves the room. <laughs> I dude, uh, it's okay, so, so I. I enjoyed a lot of the parts of the movie, and then it just does a lot of dumb shit that makes you sad and feel like, God dang, they could have had a decent Indiana Jones flick. Like, you know, not landing in the top three by any means, (laughs) but they could have had something here if they just took out the dumb shit because I enjoyed the action. I it, it was a lot of it was super goofy and over the top. I liked Shia LaBeouf. I liked Marion coming back. All that stuff was just silly as hell. This movie was wild as fuck. And and I had fun with it. And then it just does a lot of dumb shit that kind of makes you go, God dang, dude. If they just would have focused, if they would have fucking focused. So that's how I feel about Indiana Jones. Greg Miller. No more questions. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's going to be a rough <laughs> podcast. <laughs> He's just there for songs now. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the the first time I ever was like, oh man, people really like Indiana Jones because uh, Nick, I assume you went. We went. This oh, is yeah, when we IGN theaters, used to do sure. movie movie days for big movies where they we'd shut down IGN and we'd go see a movie, and this was one of the ones we went to. And I remember the light. I remember walking in with you know a similar knowledge of Indiana Jones. I hadn't watched all of them back to back, I guess, least, but you know what I mean. My childhood knowledge that I've talked about so many times of this. I'd be like, I remember Indiana Jones. Yeah, it was it was cool enough, whatever. And then the lights came up, and I was like. Oh, that wasn't a great movie, and people were fucking furious. <laughs> I was like, "Oh wow, you really care about Indiana Jones? Holy shit!" Like, for me, yeah, this isn't a good movie, but I think Andy gets uh, a lot of it right there. That there's a lot of parts that, like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I do like when it, it's interesting to see uh, Indy and Marion back on the screen together, and for them still to have the chemistry that they have from the original one, where, especially like where he fucking drops that dope line on her right uh, as he's about to leave. Right, none of like, them were you. They, they all fail for the they all fail for the same reason. What was that reason? They weren't you. And he climbs up, and she just gets those eyes and that yeah. smile. You're like, oh my god, what a sweet little moment. And then the rest of the way out, they're back there calling each other babe and doing all this stuff and being sweet together. Like, I dug that. I dug uh, both of the India's uh, professor jokes. Not necessarily the the motorcycle ride up to the library thing, but when it's just this ridiculous thing of them in the library and the guy's got a question about the fucking thing and he gives it, and get out of the library and they drive out. I like that. And I like the other one too where he was tra- explaining the difference of uh, uh, quicksand and the mud thing they were in, right? And she's like, shut up. This is not school. But He's then, your yeah, son. Just, why didn't you tell me? Why did you put him back in college? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> why yeah, did you have him in school? Yeah. But it's this the weird melding. 180 shift. <laughs> it's this well, uh, melding of what Nick's talking about, right? Where it's like, it's a movie that doesn't iterate, which then makes it seem so out of place and so old at parts. And it's like the lack of practical effects for so much of it, the green screen they are doing, the fact that, yeah, like now it's it's always that thing where 
I feel when you take a classic filmmaker or an 80s filmmaker, right? And this works, I guess, for George Lucas, but you know, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan, so I'm not throwing shade. But you give them tools and you can do anything. Suddenly it all becomes unmoored because they had to be grounded, I feel, when they made these movies in the 80s where most of the effects had to be practical in some way. And then you get into just ridiculous situations here, whether it is the nuking of the fridge, the Nazis tarodrome that they're fucking tearing down the forest with, and then Shia LaBeouf swinging from vines and with monkeys and wait, why why are there all these shots of these fucking groundhogs so it wasn't funny the first time the second time or the third time god reminds me of another movie bless what do you think yeah i'm in i'm in the same place i was actually expecting this movie to be worse than it was jumping same. into it i thought it was going to be the worst movie of all time i was expecting a trash fire because my knowledge of this movie comes from the south park episode that was making fun of this movie and so the only thing, and it's been a forever since I've seen that episode, and so the only thing I really recall from that is Aliens. And I was like, okay, cool. So the supernatural twist in this movie at the end is probably going to be Aliens. I was shocked to see that an alien pops up halfway through the movie, and I was like, wait, whoa, we're doing this right now? That's a weird decision, but okay. Uh, and to have it be just like a baby, baby alien, which I guess isn't an alien. It's a being from another dimension instead of space, which I think is a weird Space move. between spaces, don't worry about space it. Space between spaces, which I'm like, that feels like a very, just, just make them aliens. Why, why would you do that? Um, seems like, a little, that, seems like a little heady concept to introduce two hours in with one yes. line of exposition from a guy who's been utterly kooky the entire time. Yes. And I'm like, yes. why, a little weird. why is that worth, I don't know why they were they, like, they, they, yeah, I don't know why <laughs> yeah. they made that a thing. It's just, we understand aliens. They look like aliens. It's, it's a fucking UFO. It just make them aliens. In um, case in point, interdimensional beings. And I'm like, shut up, dude. We're fucking almost done with this movie. Let's get through <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I was expecting this movie to be, to be uh, terrible. And it's not terrible, but it's not good. Like, it is easily the worst one of these. And I definitely agree with everything everybody said so far, right? Where it just feels like it does it doesn't iterate enough the there there are some very wacky scenes that feel so out of place and feel so bad like the the vine swinging scene scene and the fridge scene as soon as i saw the fridge scene i immediately had to go to twitter because i had to express myself some, somehow because i could not keep that energy in and so i was just like yo i'm not gonna say what scene but like what the fuck uh and everybody was like we know what scene you're, you're talking Everyone about knows. yeah I, I saw that tweet bless it. i was like it's yeah i absolutely know what you're talking about because that is the part of the movie that that breaks what little reality we have in indiana jones and that's that's my um that's my biggest disappointment with this is it's almost like the people who made this movie didn't watch the other movies but that can't possibly be true because it's steven spielberg kathleen kennedy and george lucas the movie tries to pay homage but but fails so categorically because it's very lazy and because they failed to i'm sorry i said iterate what i meant was they failed to evolve the character of Indiana jones mm. and you know that from the very first second because he gets dragged out of the car and he's wearing the same fucking outfit he was wearing 20 fucking years ago what does this guy do all day long he's 60 now does he not moved on from getting his ass beat and does he have not have concussions I digress. You're just I know that we have to he skate. Has really good hair. He, still has, he has great, great hair. hair, and also oh, yeah. look pretty good with the shirt off. Um, yeah. But all, uh, but but what I'm saying is, like, if you're going to make this movie, and it's going to be sort of like, you know, uh, you're going to go through all of the other beats of all the other movies. Like, it's got to be clever, and it's got to be good, and you have to go back to what harkens or, or what really makes Indiana Jones, which is you have to do live action effects you have to do cool stunts you have to make the do these things in 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 real life and when the whole thing is just a cg like even the fucking air force base they're on at the beginning is cg around them it's a soundstage you couldn't even go out to edwards air force base and like shoot 
for real. The lighting looks so terrible in this movie. A lot of all the jungle effects look terrible. It's just, it's just, it's like, why did you even bother making this movie? Because you didn't need to make it. You're all billionaires at this point. Nobody was asking for another Indiana Jones movie. And the fact that you did means that you need, you should, you wanted to make the movie. So why did you? like wuss out so much in, in, in the, in the energy that you put into it. And the script is just confoundedly boring and confusing. And there's so much exposition in it. And Indy just divine shit out of thin air where you're like, Oh, he must've taken the thing back there. Where did you get that from? Like, what are you talking about? The guy's been talking gibberish in riddles for fucking 45 minutes straight. <sighs> that's yeah, that's, that, that that is one of the bigger crimes in this movie that it a lot of this movie is boring like it is way more boring than the three indiana jones movies that came out in the 80s and i'm like dude with evolved technology evolved filmmaking all this stuff right you're in 2008 you should be able to at least make an action movie that's fun even if the writing's gonna be bad and for the the fact that they had both right the fact that the writing was bad and it was unfun that that to me is a bigger crime and then also i do want to uh bring up marion because marion is a character i loved in the first film and i disagree a little bit i think in in, in this film even though i i like the fact that they brought back marion i didn't believe her in indiana's relationship because it very much felt for me like it came out of nowhere where oh well that's it, the thing is it turns on a dime right from yeah. hate to that one line and then she's right back into doe-eyed love with him which i don't love the transition in terms of the character but i love the performance if that makes sense for sure yeah and i do like the i do like the line of none of them were you which feels like a nod to you hey Willie sucked in Temple of Doom, and we know that you guys and the girl in the third the one. Girl was a Nazi, so a Nazi. that didn't work out so well. She was uh, my dad. Yeah. yeah, and so here's here's a nod to like we know you guys probably miss Marion. Marion's back, cool. But they get married at the end, and when we got there, I was like, no, there's no. We how did we get here? I well, did not we, get even when they kissed. It didn't feel. It didn't look like a good kiss. It looked like they kind of missed a little bit, and it's like, come on, bro, we got to do better than that. That sucks because it's like the third act of a story, um, and we haven't seen the second act, right? With the Marion relationship, and this is why it feels so superficial because we saw a great setup to it, and this would have been really cool if the second movie they had actually been together again and then broke up, and then in the third movie is like, I love the idea of bringing her back in the picture and having it be sort of a swan song for the series, but. It all just feels so shoehorned in. And then you also have the Shia LaBeouf character, which we are literally and figuratively, I guess they were like, let's let's pass the reins over to him because we have that one moment where the door opens up and it blows the hat over to him and he tries to put it on. He's like, not yet, dude, you're, you're not going to do that. And then it just obviously Shia LaBeouf you know, is Shia LaBeouf. And for whatever reason, they decided not to go with him or do any more of these movies. But it's just all of it just feels coming. like 2022. Oh, that's right. That's oh, do right. they really? That's that's right. Right. That that was going to be my question, because you, you mentioning that this movie was the number two grossing movie that year. I'm surprised that we didn't get one immediately after that, because, again, like this movie wasn't the worst movie in the world. Like there is a lot of, I think, redeemable qualities to this movie, mainly in the fact that I think they take a lot of the good stuff that made the early Indiana, Indiana Jones movies good and fed it into this movie. And with a little bit more polish and a little bit more uh, uh I don't know, like rooting out the bullshit that's in this movie could have been decent and could have led to another movie where Shia LaBeouf is the main character and could have been another highly grossing movie. I'm shocked that they didn't make another one. Potentially, yeah. but the the thing I had, the thing that I always had with the, just the character of Shia LaBeouf's character in general is that like they, he's he's not the character that I want to be growing up. Right. And so for me, always Indiana Jones is always sort of like escapism, right? It's fantasy. It's like, Oh, I, I'd love to be Indiana Jones, like going around and like swinging from a whip and finding treasure and like having adventures and stuff like that. But like when you, when you start to get sort of into the, the nuance of a guy who had a kid who didn't 
know about that kid for 20 years, you start getting into some serious territory there where you're like, this is no longer lighthearted action fair. Like, he's a deadbeat dad at this point. Like, I don't like anything about this story. Nah, he didn't know. He didn't know. He, <laughs> he did leave Marion to, to treasure. He didn't know. Scouring, about the, though. He didn't know about the, the altar. Baby. This movie, I'm with Andy and blessed in the sense that I had never seen it, but I've heard a lot of bad things about the fridge and all that, and all those things were true. Uh, I can't believe how bad the bad in this movie is, and most of that's just the look. I hate the look of it. Mm, Like There's no single shot that I'm like, oh, man, this is really cool, where there definitely was in the other ones. And it is a mix of CG and green screen and just direction, and I think the set pieces are, are often interesting, but anytime they are, that it's covered in a nonsense mess of Shia LaBeouf splitting across two cars. And like, if it was practical and it looked like Jackie Chan was doing it, I would have been like, okay, this makes sense. But it didn't at all. It was just kind of a bunch of nonsense noise. And uh, that noise kind of makes all the nonsensical moments that worked for me in the previous movies. Like in the previous movies, had Shia LaBeouf's character interacted with a monkey while swinging, it would have been him looking over once there would be one monkey swinging and it would just be like right. a kind of funny thing. I'm like, look, funny. we're both swinging. But because they had CG, there's like a hundred monkeys and they're friends. They're all, real. All, they're all, oh, they're, it's real. all siding with them. And I'm like, this, this isn't good. But I think that the majority of this movie is as good as the other ones. I just think that it's kind of like, there is a lot of heart there. And it, I just think that this one doesn't hit any of the highs of the others. So it's easily the worst of them. And some of the like this morning i got out of the shower and i'm like aliens okay yeah wow they while they really went through with all of this the ufo kind of like going up out or whatever they want to call it out of the thing as indiana jones stands there rocks are falling all, all over the place and he's just kind of super casual i'm like this sucks man like it's all the fun and like the risk and adventure of the indiana jones gets taken away when it clearly looks like just a cg kind of like smush on the lens well you know what it reminds me of it reminds me a lot of the 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 obvious meme like the criticisms of the prequel trilogies for star wars when like george lucas didn't want to leave um the soundstage because he just likes sitting and drinking coffee and that's exactly what this feels like it feels like it has george lucas's fingerprint all over it and that steven spielberg was just like whatever man i'm just here to have fun and make a good movie because i mean again i mean spielberg was the guy that was responsible for making a lot of those um practical stunts happen and you really feel and even though like if you go back and watch those stunts they don't look like they're moving that fast it still looks like they're moving faster than the cg car because you know your brain goes that car is not actually moving they're just standing on it and it's green screen around them Mm -hmm. and that scene goes on for so fucking long and is so just devoid of any heart whatsoever I digress. And also for a movie that's going to like bring people like for a movie that's coming out 20 years after the other ones and it's like, okay, cool. Marion from the first one's back. You'd think that they'd bring back other characters and like have some like type Sala? of, especially at the, the wedding scene. And I was like reading some facts about this. Originally, Henry Jones, senior short round Sala and Willie Scott were all going to appear at, at the wedding. And it's like, why didn't they <laughs> like, that's just such a, a weird thing for like, what is this? They movie? were going to CG like, him in and the computers. just Yeah, probably because they required someone they, they to pick render. up a phone and they're like, guys, we don't want to work that hard. And on it's one of those one. things, too. Technically, they never really show the yeah, indie section of the mar- the wedding. It's always just shot and everybody's sitting in her section. So it's possible they are all over there. You know what I mean? None of the yeah. dad. He's dead. Maybe it's ghost. Maybe it's a forced ghost kind of thing. When, when, when did this movie come out? 2008. 2008. I, it, was probably, it was probably time by then to be like, oh, John Reese davies shouldn't be playing uh, anything but a white man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also possible sure. that Sean Connery had uh, retired by then, but he did. Yeah, yeah. But I he think, retired, uh, and they asked that, him, and he, he still said no. Oh, okay. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, that's uh. Sorry, go ahead. 
just a fact here, Harrison Ford was adamant that he got to wield the, the whip. Paramount executives were saying that they wanted it to be CG. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm freaking holding the goddamn whip. He also refused to dye his hair for the role, arguing that Indy's appeal wasn't in his youth, but in his imagination and resourcefulness. Quote, my ambition in action is to have the audience look straight in my face and not the back of a stuntman's head. I hope to continue that no matter how old I get. Good now, for you, Harrison Ford, but stop making movies at this point. I never thought Harrison Ford would ever say something so... Smart. Well, I don't know. Like I you just care always, about the movie? Yeah, exactly. I, was always, I just always expect Harrison Ford to be like, I fucking hate this. I'm, like, I'm here for the check. He well, loves no. indie, though. That's the. I, I think that's like what gets missed is that like a lot of his... like. His attitude um, across like his entire career is just taken from his attitude uh, attitude towards Han Solo, whereas like he loves the character of Indiana Jones, whereas like Han Solo he's a little less enthused about. So get over it, Harrison. Or they're Ford, you know, exactly the same. But um, I will say like Harrison Ford is to to speak positively about the movie and to, and to talk about some of its merits. He does still feel like Indy, and that's super sure. important for me because a lot of times, especially like when you know the newest Star Wars films. Uh, Mark Hamill stepping back into the role uh, just never really felt like he was able to reclaim what Mar- what Luke Skywalker would be 30 some odd years later. Whereas when, I remember watching this and he gets out for the first time and he's got that same snarky attitude. I was like, OK, this is Indiana Jones. Again, I don't love that they decided to really kind of have him just sort of standing still in time with the, the outfit that he wears and sort of the things that he's doing. Because I kind of feel whenever I whenever I see a character that's like that old still doing the same thing it always kind of makes me feel sad like you never moved on with your life like you're still doing these things but i granted it's an adventure movie so what are you going to do isn't that um, kind of the point of the movie yeah it, it is it is it's just i wish they could have i wish they would have been a little bit more thoughtful with their approach to this whole film in general and not tried to make a movie that felt like it should be in the 80s i think they should they could have pushed it a little farther especially when you're you're bringing in a kid and you're bringing in Marion and you're getting yourself into Superman Returns territory where you're like, whoa, there's a lot to unpack here. And this is supposed to be lighthearted fair. Um, I just like to me, it just it just seems like they they completely missed the mark with where this character should have been. Um, especially, you know, I don't know. That, that's just how I feel about it. Let's get to the plot. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You're a teacher. Part time. They had to have had a better take on that one. I'm just going to throw this out there right there. Could have been a really cool moment. But it killed in the trailer. Remember the trailer? It killed in the trailer. I thought yeah, it was that's a, right. We I, talked about this. I thought it was a cool line. I thought it was Tim, cool. if you thought the Paramount logo fade to Monument Valley was lazy, how about a gopher hole? <laughs> no, Wait, I love this one. Is that this a gopher hole or is that a CG gopher hole? You can't even fucking have someone go out and build a pile of dirt. It's dirt. It's free. <laughs> I love this. Is my favorite Nick recap of all time already. We're three seconds in because that's what I was you thinking. You can take too. the dirt into the studio. You don't even have to go outside, George. Have a fucking intern. Barrett Courtney would do it for free. He would go to a fucking get dirt and bring you of dirt. Nah, that's a hundred dollars at least for me. <laughs> I mean, he can afford it. Also, anyway, someone is saying in the chat that there was a different take for that line in the trailer. Like it's not the same take. Oh. Which is interesting. We did talk about this a long time ago, and it is. It, there is a different take, and it's a much better take in the trailer. Go watch it. It's hilarious. I don't know why they used this one. Maybe there was like a scratch on the film or whatever. Or maybe they were like, it doesn't really go well with all the fucking CG gophers that we had at the beginning of it. So let's go with this take because <laughs> this is the right energy we're looking for. What kind of energy is that? Boring and slow. Good. Perfect. The group of teenagers this and 19 is fishy. not boring or slow. It just is not great <laughs> like with what they're doing. 
I think That's some of the other boring. ones are way more boring than this, honestly. I think that this movie has kinetic energy and there's a lot of things going on. We'll yes. move on. Uh, a group of teens in the 1950s flash some army men, but they're not army men. They're Russian army men. Nevada, 1957. They head to, I think, Area 51. I wrote that in here, but I don't think I ever saw any signs. It, it is Area 51. 51. When they're in the hangar, the doors are closed, and there's a big 51. 51, thank you. Uh, they uh, One of the guys leans down to tie his shoes, and all the other guards pop up, and they kill the guards at the base. Uh, with relative ease, you would think that it's a little harder to sneak into Area 51, but it was the 50s. Uh, we discover that we've been uh, they've been keeping Indy and Mac, uh, played by Ray Winstead, is that how you say his name, Winston, uh, in the back of their truck, and Indy hasn't changed his outfit in 20 freaking years. Yeah, at some point, here's my thing. Do they still, where do you still find this shirt? It's not the same shirt you've been wearing, right? At this point, we've seen it torn multiple times. Do you go back to the same haberdashery and fucking, you know, in, in London to find these, the same outfit over and over again? Nick, Put you're going to tell me in 20 years. You th- close your eyes and you think of Greg Miller and you don't picture me in black rim glasses with Converse on. Yes, but the shirt you're wearing will have deteriorated off your skin it's by not then. Leg- it's not literally the same. Sh- I'll be wearing some stupid graphic tee for sure, too. Same leather Probably jacket, a same fedora. <laughs> I digress. In this scene, again, this is one of the moments where I put, I was like, I cannot believe they chose to shoot this in a studio and have it. It looks so fake. Not only does it look fake, it looks like a glam shot. Everyone's like glistening and glowing for some reason. All of the noir aspects of all the indies before this have just sort of gone out the window window. here. Totally terrible. It's every Uh, game in, you know, the early 2000s, late 90s, where everything just had bloom all over the place. Bloom uh, everywhere. Yeah, the blue, it kills me. Uh, Indy is about to get his ass kicked for some anti-Russian sentiment that he's putting out there. But Kate Blanchett Come stops up. him with her terrible Ukrainian accent. Now, Tim, oh, I don't know man. if you have this piece of trivia, but it popped up for me. Steven Spielberg cast real Russians all around them so that when they were speaking, they wouldn't uh, make the mistake they had before where the Germans were speaking, but they were t- had a terrible accent and all their German was terrible. He was like, I want real Russians. It feels like real Russians. And then Kate Blanchett comes in and it takes you so out of it that you're like, why were all these decisions made? Although shout out to Kate Blanchett, because even though she's in this terrible movie and she's playing, has this terrible accent. She still fucking crushes. Uh, as Arena Falco. <laughs> totally fine. I thought we were going to talk about the wig. <laughs> the wig's pretty bad, too. The hair is is it a wig? Uh, I don't know. Wigging out with Scarpino. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Wigging Out with Scarpino. Uh, shouting, shout out to Harrison Ford for not dying his hair. That is pretty cool. And shout out to Arena Spalco for borrowing Evangeline Lilly's wig from Ant-Man <laughs> uh, and putting it on her head. And I know you guys are going to say, Nick, it's multiple times she said it's not a wig. You don't have proof. It's her word versus mine. Exactly. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? We do have celebrity proof. Evangeline Lilly or me? She's in Disney's pocket. Don't trust the big wigs. We have proof that in this one, it, it is, in fact, a wig. Because this Harrison Ford saw her walking around uh, the lot and she was blonde. And he was like, who the fuck is that? Didn't realize it was her. Fucking Ford. <laughs> He's an old ass man. He's an old ass man. Uh, she slaps him across the face uh, after she tries to mi- read his mind, which is f- super weird. Um, at first, I was like, "Oh, they're going to set her up as a clairvoyant. That's kind of cool." And she's got this certain, like kind of power. No, she's just a little bit daffy. Uh, and then they head into a giant warehouse behind them, but it's not just any warehouse, guys. It's a computer-generated recreation of the warehouse from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this was such a cool, cool idea that doesn't work, unfortunately, for me. 
but they're not looking for the Lost Ark, Tim. Although if I were them, I'd be like, I want to take this fucking thing as a constellation also because this thing is even more powerful than the aliens. Uh, but then Indy uses gunpowder from a grenade to find what they're looking for, which is a highly magnetized box of mystery. Uh, they find a case the size of a coffin and load it onto the truck. It's labeled, says Roswell, New Mexico. So it must be aliens. Um but we're not quite sure yet. Indy uses the opportunity to put one over on the guards. It holds Dr. Spalko at gunpoint. But Mac double-crosses him. Uh, and for all that hot cheddar the Russians are sending his way because he is a degenerate gambler. Indy, once again. I liked, I liked the magnetic stuff like of them finding that was cool effect. how to Same. find the box and stuff like that. That was cool. I thought that I thought the effect looked terrible though. It looked when terrible. He goes in the yeah. air and mm-hmm. it looks yeah. like it's fucking searching for oh, whatever it, the box it doesn't is. make yeah, it doesn't make no. sense at all in reality. Like this isn't some magical power, it's magnetism. Yeah. The 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 cool powder idea. would the powder might move and then fall to the ground. It's not going to just flow through the wind as if there's a draft in the Yeah, it made zero zero sense. And then also the the rest of the effect kind of only applied to when they wanted the effect to apply <laughs> like mm-hmm. the, ma- yeah. the the magnetism wasn't always happening like they they make sure to focus on the lights to show the lights moving and you're like oh cool the magnet stuff is happening like, but how- then anything else doesn't do it uh but they did have <laughs> nothing else was cool- metal the thing i did like though was the uh, again it was Gold. cg it was cg but the dog tags started moving as the soldiers were getting near it which looked kind of neat, but it was CG, so it didn't look kind of neat, you know. But it's one, it's one of those things where, and granted, this is obviously a stupid nitpick. I'm saying it mostly for comedic value. But if I were indie, I'd be like, how are we going to find these things? You look up in the air, you look at all the lights. All of them are pointed downward, except for, like, the three that are above this thing that are just clearly being pulled toward it. I'm like, I think it's over there. I think it's right there. <laughs> let's Give start me one of your grenades there. anyway. But let's go. Let's, let's start there, yeah, and see what happens. Well, uh, um, when, when the car chase eventually happens, when the car breaks through... And they knock over some box. What is shown in that box? The Ark of the Covenant. I I could not make it out. I don't know why. I was like, yeah, I assume that's like probably the Ark of the Covenant or something else. But it just didn't really look like much to me. It was the Ark of the Covenant, and they play the Raiders of the Lost Ark. They play the music, um, oh, a quick little music floor from that, which was really, really cool. Um, of course, this whole thing pops off. He gets away. He swings, uh, uses his whip, swings, but it doesn't quite make it, and he falls backward into <laughs> like, the I truck behind it. him. And he goes, damn, I really thought that was going to work. <laughs> uh, it was closer, yeah. It's it just closer. like Harrison Ford flustered old man Harrison Ford I'm always down for that uh, you know he, he, immediately when that moment happened and then also the moment later on with the why don't you send him back to school line it just reminded me of that's not how the force works like yeah. I, I just <laughs> I just love old works. man Harrison Ford being grumpy <laughs> uh, then Indiana Jones and Dovchenko fight in the chamber where they made Weapon X and Indy pulls a rig from Lethal Weapon and like chokes him out with his legs uh, and then burns the rest of the Russians alive with a test rocket that Jesus. shoots him out It was insane. That, yeah, that was, was moment one that I was like, am I watching the right movie? I clearly am. <laughs> but what the fuck is this? Uh, Indy makes his way to a small town that turns out to be a nuclear test site. And as we know from earlier, they said, hey, this whole site's gone for locked down for 24 hours because we're doing a test. Uh, that test turns out to be a bomb. They're about to explode. Indy gets in there and sees all the TVs and stuff on. And man, this place is elaborate. I guess they really wanted. I mean, they left the TV on. That's hardcore. That's someone who's really. They need thorough. to know what the effects of all this would be. You know I guess mean? so. Uh, let's see. Of course, seeing no alternative. Uh, I, I do love the fact this the part where he's been hiding from the Russians the entire time, and then when he realizes what's going on, he chases after him. He's like, "Hey, stop! Like, pick me up!" And they're like, "Fuck you! We're gone." Uh, and then seeing no other option, of course, he does what all of us would think to do: uh, lock yourself 
into an old tiny refrigerator and just hope lead lined. It's lead lined. We make sure we know it's lead lined. It's not impact proof. Uh, worth noting that the lead, the the you know, uh, there. there's no air. It's also not locked. Yeah, I was gonna say, have you guys ever seen a locked refrigerator? Yes. Oh no, well, no. The thing about those things is they the, they used to lock from the inside, and kids yeah. would get trapped in them and die. So that's, that's why, why they that actually guy have, said oh, that shit. line. That's yeah, why he said that line shit. of like, you know how dangerous it is to yeah, so, put yourself in a refrigerator. Yeah. But then then he got out. Easy. Yeah, well, he got out, Tim, because it launched him 15 miles into the air, and then he tumbled violently for a solid 30 seconds and okay. until the door eventually opened. So that's how you had to open those. That's why, I was, so that's why you said don't go into the refrigerator, kids, because if we do, I have to launch you into the fucking street. The only way. You're going to be you, okay. but Yeah, if you get locked in the refrigerator, we have to launch a nuke to get you out. <laughs> I did like the scene of him walking around the town and kind of like putting it together. And I liked how visually different it was from anything we've seen before. And like seeing Indiana Jones in the outfit we know him, but like in a completely different location. I was like, this works for me. And I, I think could have been really cool if they kept diving into it instead. Oh, yeah, I'll, again, that, that moment, all of the mystery stuff, I I enjoyed up until, you know. I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, some of like um, it, it, they kind of worked against their, themselves with it a little bit because the effect of the actual explosion in the town, the town getting decimated, I thought was so good until you realize that they have to sell that somehow the refrigerator survived the impact and got flung out <laughs> instead of getting crushed by the house that the, the houses that were all tumbling down within the explosion. You know, it, it is what it is, but. Wait, why weren't there a bunch of fridges flying? <laughs> I just, yeah, like, why didn't every single but, fridge yeah, in this town go, go, go flying? <laughs> yeah. Again, the concept, it's, it's, to me, it's just super lazy. And it's super lazy because they had a really cool action set piece right before this that, that had to do with that like supersonic rocket engine that, by the way, might actually go fast enough to outrun a blast like that. And you have to imagine yeah. some screenwriters like, what if he used this? Like, what if we orchestrated it to the like, Somehow he used this thing, and they were like, no, guys, that's too hard. It's in the test facility. Just have him get in the fridge. It's lead-lined. And then so, some, their version of Kevin was like, lead um, stops the radioactivity to a degree, but it won't stop the actual fucking face-melting blast that's coming out of it. <laughs> it it's really weird because I it's, – it's as if they were like, this is the only thing we can do, you know? But it's like <laughs> you could have you, you had him uh, out running, get on the on the Russian car, like ran past a, a bunch of cars, like fallout shelter beneath the town somehow. Yeah, like I would have loved it if Steven Spielberg had to go out of town for a week or whatever, and he came back and they're like, "Yeah, and then we launch him with a fridge." He's like, "Why? Why do we have to do that?" It's like it's our only option. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm we, sure we, there's we a lot of other things that can happen. <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff we could do. Also, uh, I didn't. I didn't believe the the train thing that was going at like a supersonic speed that he was sitting in front of with the other Russian dude. I did not believe that for a second that he would survive that either. No, that was oh, fucked no. up. And why that did it seemed, stop? Again, that, it seemed because well, that's the test or whatever. It ran out of fuel, probably. But it's I like the, it, that's like one of the first times when you're watching, like, oh, they're really trying to play this for laughs on like the hanging thing of both Harrison Ford and the guy going, like, you know, letting the wind blow their mouths open and shit. It's just like this. What are you doing? Well, I liked Why how goofy happening? they looked when they finally like got up and they're like stumbling around. And shit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Indy gets interrogated by the janitor from Scrubs, and we get some backstory that Indy, in fact, uh, did was in the war so we got to we got to mention too because remember the last one was pre-world war ii uh this one is now happening in the 50s and indy served in the oss which was the predecessor to the cia uh indy wants to know what's in the backs and then general ross comes in and makes a, a joke about ross all of the children who go into those locked old refrigerators and die and then 
we uh here's here's that what my first thought was i was like have we learned nothing this guy's the bad guy right but hey <laughs> so from my expectations this guy never comes back remember he was uh, the bad guy in the oc and he was, he was. So, i mean that's why was right he a bad guy or was he just a misunderstood super rich evil guy he was he was the bad he was the grandpa he was right? not yeah. nice to sandy i don't like him true i think he came around by the fourth season i could be wrong i don't remember the fourth which one was the one that he started being a shoot fighter i can't remember uh let's see ross gives indy some backstory on spalco uh who is going around the world looking for spooky relics uh that the uh and then they send him on his way and then back at the university new marcus comes in because old marcus died uh to interrupt his class and i love new marcus i forgot the name of the actor but he was in harry potter and he was great in it. Uh, the dean tells the FBI, or the dean tells him that the FBI guys are making him fire Indy. And Indy's like, what? You should have fought for me. He goes, I did. I resigned. <gasps> and he's like, oh, well, you didn't need to go that hard on, me, on it. Oh, damn. Um, maybe, I'm maybe super wealthy because I, wanna... <laughs> I steal a bunch of gold. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Indy uh, heads to the trains. Excuse me. Uh, Indy heads home with the dean to, in tow. Uh, and they commiserate over the state of the country. And we get some backstory here that we are knee deep in McCarthyism uh, with anti-communist fever running rampant. We'll see that later uh, in a little bit. Indy heads to the train station where some Russian spies and Shia LaBeouf are waiting for him. Uh, Mutt tells Indy that his old friend Harold Oxley is in trouble and they have to go for some pie. Uh, six months ago, Oxley found a crystal skull in Peru uh, that was uh, very real and he was off to Ang. Akador, a mythological city of El Dorado, a city, uh, a giant city of solid gold or something. El Goddamn Dorado. El Goddamn Dorado. <laughs> Um, and again, this is obviously a staple in the Indiana Jones franchise, but there's so much stuff mentioned here that I'm like, we couldn't have just simplified this a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, uh, I I luckily had to rewind that part because I and I was like, you know what? I, it's OK that I have to rewind this because I need to find out who the fuck Oxley is again. <laughs> I need to understand <laughs> what their relationship is because I didn't really catch it amongst all the other gibberish that they were mentioning. Well, it's right. extra well, hard too because they introduce a bunch of characters here, but then they also make reference to a bunch of characters that we've seen before but are now dead via pictures or statues or other things. Right. And none of their names are like that definitive where we're like, oh, I know exactly who this is except for Short Round who never makes an appearance. Um, that it's just, yeah, it's like not only is it exposition, but it's just kind of like, it feels convoluted in terms of character choice. I'm not here but, for a history class, dog. Give me. Well, it's also confusing too because when you're introducing characters that are incredibly important, like you have to, it's easier to see them first, right? And that's what we're kind of used to is like seeing these characters pop up first. Uh, even even in uh, uh, the Last Crusade, when they make mention, it's a fun reveal where he's like, "Your father was the person who was leading the exposition, but we had seen him already in the first scene. We saw him counting like, in Latin, uh, so we have that touchstone at least to what he sort of sounds and looks like." Anyway, uh, we. Get a bunch of stuff here, but guess what? Those G men, they're not G men, they're KGB men. Oh my god, <laughs> that's what I did there. Oh, wait, before that, legend has it the crystal skull was stolen from the 15th century, and whoever brings it back to Ecuador uh, can take all of its hidden power. Uh, Mutt's mom went down there to find Ox, uh, and now she's missing too. What's her name? Mary, Mary, huh? I knew a Mary once, Marion. No, we're not gonna get to that till the second act because we need to lots of Marys. He says lots of Marys, lots, Shia, lots of Marys. In my past, Shia LaBeouf freaks out. I do love what he tells Shire. Just like, all right, come on, just chill out. Like, you don't yeah, gotta be a tough, tough guy all the time. <laughs> so his mom sent him a letter with a treasure map or something that's in code, but the Russian spies want it and they're willing to pay in lead. They take out their guns and he's like, and then he goes, Mutt, start a fight. Punch that greaser or that jock over there. And then a good old fashioned jock versus greaser fight uh, breaks out. And boy, if I had Get a dollar. Get the greasers! <laughs> 
That right. actually got a laugh out of me though when he runs over and it's just there's just a fucking room full of greasers and he just joins the ranks. Uh, that got the me. girl, that gets me. the girl who punches Shia LaBeouf in the diner scene is Sasha Spielberg, daughter <gasps> of Steven oh. Spielberg and Wiley Scott from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Wow, hmm. very cool. Wow, wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, they get in a fight. All that stuff happens, uh, and during which Indy and Mutt escape. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, I got lost here. Uh, seems like the most straightforward course of action. We get a motorcycle chase. Uh, that's actually kind of fun. But Mutt rides his way through Yale or Hogwarts. Fun fact: I don't understand colleges that are outside of California, so they could all be the same to me. Uh, wow. Right through. Okay. Yeah, they ride through an anti-communist rally. Again, we get more of that. And smash into a statue of Marcus, I think, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, which the then plaque decapit- reads, in proud memory of Marcus Brody, Dean of Students, 1939 through 1944, with honor and loyalty. Right. And as they smash into the statue of him, it decapitates him, and his head rolls down into the bad guys. And man, what a great metaphor for where this series went. Uh, they slide through the library. We get that. We get another Wilhelm scream because that happened before. And then Indy does some office hours finally with that kid who Hate just. It. It's what the like, fuck? The tonality of this is just so. Oh, Professor Jones, I'm glad fun. you're here. He just it's, sit in a. Fu- I'd be like, what the fuck is happening, man? Can I get an yeah. A for this? What's going on? Back God. at Indy's house, uh, which absolutely, by the way, seems like the place to go if KGB agents are fucking on your trail. Go right back to your house. Uh, we get more backstory about Indy translates Ox's letter from its original language of Koyahoma, I think. Koyahoma. Uh, the letter contains a riddle to follow the Nazca lines to Nazca, Peru. Map time. We get that cool map effect that I love so much. Now we're in Peru. Indian mutt find Ox in a local sanitarium, or at least that's where they're told he is. So they head there while Indy tells uh, uh, Mutt about his cool. He's like, man, I used to rebel against my parents, and I got kidnapped by a poncho via, and it's really, really cool. And then Mutt's like, I rebelled against my mom, too. I quit school, and now I work on motorcycles. And he's like, hey, man, do you. If that's what you want to do, don't let anyone tell you any differently. Uh, at the sanitarium, they discover that the Russians already took, uh, they already found Ox and took him away, but when they examine his cell, they find some skull drawings with the word uh, return, written in various different languages, uh, return the skull. They're like, we got to return the skull. Also, this cell is massive for one man. I don't know what what kind of uh, space they got down there in their Peru, man, but their sanitarium's really spacious. Uh, uh, they, before we get too far from it, one fact that I want to say about the library scene where the, the dude asked for the, the help, um, the student help, uh, he... Spielberg himself was saying that he really wanted Harrison Ford in that scene to to say the line of like 70% of all archaeology is done in the library that he had in the last movie. Mm-hmm. He wanted in this one to be like, yeah, you got to get out of the library. And that was a reference to the other line he said, which is X never marks the spot and the X mm-hmm. did mark the spot. So Steven Spielberg's like, ah, th- that's a fun throwback. And it's like, no, that's complicated and weird. Yeah. I mean, I-, I got it. I understand. And I and I, I got that line at that moment, but I just was like, this whole thing is unnecessary. It's a comedy beat where, to me, like the comedy comes from Harrison Ford being on the same motorcycle as Shia LaBeouf. Like that's funny. It's a funny visual. There's action happening, and it's like cool. But then to have that extra level, it's like okay, this is this is such a just end cap to the scene to be able to move on to now we're in Peru. They figure out the starting point for the journey uh, is the grave of Oriana, uh, so they head Oriana. there. Or I know, excuse me. Uh, so they head there next. 
they get attacked by some crazed grave protectors with poisonous darts. It scared the of shit course. out of me, dude. Scary Just... and fucking weird. <laughs> when you yeah. get when you get the first glimpse of them underneath the ground from that top down shot. And all you didn't you don't realize it's a mask. You just see a skeleton's face moving. I was like, oh my god, are they like introducing monsters already? Like this is yeah. crazy. Uh, I'm confused about how they got there or like what they're what they're up to. Are they, they do they, they just protect, live there? They protect the thing. How man. do they do they eat? Like, so here's the thing. Eat? Do they eat? Oh, you're right. Uh, you, you know eat? what, Nick? You're right. It's Oriana. Sorry, you're right. Is it Oriana? Okay, Oriana Grande. The people that attacked uh, Indiana and Mutt in the graveyard are not as historically inaccurate as one may think. Pre-Spanish Peru Incans did, in fact, practice a martial art known as Rumimaki, which literally translates as hard hands. Uh, and it was a martial art taught to protect graves. Cool. So it's like, oh, damn. I, I don't know if it looked know, exactly Andy. like that, but... Put it on the record. the shit out of me. Yeah, they, they were very, they were frightening. Once the mascot knocked up, I was like, all right, you're not a monster. It's okay. uh, of course, after Indy makes short work of them... Mutt looks up at him as he's standing on the, the, the top of the thing, and he goes, you're a teacher? And Indy goes, part-time. And then they head down to the grave, and Mutt gets attacked by very CG scorpions that aren't nearly as creepy as they would have been if they had just used real scorpions. And I know that's very dangerous to be working with, but man, how awesome was it when we saw, like, real snakes and real bugs? Didn't that creep you out a lot? Did this scene creep anyone out? Uh, yeah, it did. It did for me. Really? Yeah. Didn't creep me out. I, I didn't like, realize this... I was going to be freaked out by, like, and I think just because of how gangly they are, you know, like they they got so many appendages. They do. So many, they yeah, so and many I've never liked that about off. scorpions. Yeah. My my got... the thing that got me was uh, was this the scene where uh, Mutt, Mutt got bit by a scorpion and, and yeah. um yeah Indy was like oh no the, the smaller they are the more you got to worry that one's a big one you're you're fine yeah yeah I was this thinking was that would come that didn't come back around right like I'm not no. crazy no now we got fire no. that that felt yeah I felt weird yeah that, that didn't that's a miss opportunity scorpion facts man don't now you know. Bless yeah, you. but like, why? Why they do like? I, that's what I was expecting when we got all the bugs that ended up being the big ants. Uh, when uh, what's her name, the weird wig lady, uh, when she had the gun aimed and she got bit by a thing, I was like, oh, the small scorpion, sweet. So we're gonna get the payoff for that. We just didn't, and they ended up being big old yeah. ants. No, but I mean, she does decisions. crush Spielberg. one between her knees, which is cool. Oh yeah, and it squirts everywhere. Spielberg, give me the fucking camera right now, okay? Give me, pass me the camera. All right, do it. There. 20 minutes later into the scene Harrison Ford's doing something crazy and then a score and then he falls he something jumps on his back right he's like what's on me kid as Shia he's like it's a scorpion how big he's like oh it's small Indy chaos ensues right like right, right there the movie Fun. and then movie's great everybody loves the movie now you know Andy mm-hmm. I'd like to give you this it. money I'd like to watch I mean, that movie yeah. before the scorpion gets to act it falls off and everybody's like, what happened? And it's like, oh, Indy's emitting radiation. <laughs> He's slowly poisoning everyone and everything around him. <laughs> Why? Because uh, he was 20 feet a, from a nuclear blast. I thought you were going to say they had a stunt scorpion. <laughs> Indy's fucking, Indy is the Chernobyl of Nevada right now. Uh, let's see. We move on. Sorry, Mag. Oh, sorry, I lost my place. Oh, anyway, they go down there. They go down through this little cool unbalanced uh, like circle, which I thought was kind of a fun thing where he's like, Can come over imagine? here. The fear if you're Shia LaBeouf and you just see Indy disappear, like, all right, it's over. It's <laughs> like, done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Peru. Like, I don't know how I'm getting out of here somehow. <laughs> like, first off, can we talk about the he brought his fucking motorcycle with him? That's crazy. That's a lot to worry <laughs> about. And, and like, how do they pay for all the flights? Go ahead, Greg Miller. You're gonna tell me you don't bring your guitar everywhere you go, Andy. I'm not Fran Mirabella. <laughs> Accurate point. Point taken. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> and thank God for that. We love Fran, but mm-hmm. I gotta leave that. 
you gotta leave that guitar at home. You're just going to Starbucks, buddy. Um, <laughs> let's see. They find the giant disc. They eventually find the chamber where Oriana's men and his men are preserved by outer wrapping. Uh, they look. Uh, there's a cool effect where like the they look at it. He's like, wow, he's perfect. And then the wind hits it, or the, uh, the oxygen hits it, and it just dissolves, which is kind of cool. And then cool. they figure out that Oriana's body, the gilded man, is what they called him, is in fact magnetized. So they just ditch that body and dig deeper and find the crystal skull but not just any crystal skull blessing no human being would carve a skull like this this must be from another dimension uh oxley found the skull but must have returned it for some reason and i'm like what what how what maybe oxley didn't find this i don't how do you okay <laughs> and they divine that by looking down at the ground and much like there's two sets of uh footprints <laughs> one but of they look Jesus. the same size now there's only so one footprint He's he must have you and yeah. i'm so confused foot. I did not. I did not pick up on any of that during the first watch because I was like, "So you returned it? Why would you? Why would your fr- okay? I guess." And I don't when know, you, when, you, when they come back around to it, I was like, "Oh, okay." That that wasn't as clear as I think they wanted it to be. <laughs> no, it's it's a lot of, and, and that's that's a problem I have with the movie is there's just a lot of those small leaps in logic, or rather holes in logic, I should say, that just get explained away by a couple lines of exposition, and it's just lazy story, like lazy screenwriting. Like you know, in in, in the in the Last Crusade, he had to decipher his dad's journal and figure out all those clues to go find his dad, and they kind of wanted to recreate this and that, but it's just this just becomes so convoluted and. It just takes you out of it. Uh, anyway, when they head back upstairs, guess what they find, guys? Mac and the Russians are waiting for them. Map <gasps> time. We're on a boat this time. They head somewhere else on the river uh, and camp out for the night so they can drink vodka and Russian breakdance by the fire. Nice. Mac they were, they were getting it. Oh, they were fucking going after it. They were about to, that party was about to heat up. Someone was going to pass them like whatever the 50s equivalent to Molly is, and they were just going to get gasoline. They're going to have gas. <laughs> gas pills. Uh, let's see. Mac and Indy have a scene where Mac tells him, he's like, be smart, Indy, just like Berlin. And he's like, are you talking in code? I'm never going to trust you again, literally, um, until five minutes from now. Then Spockle comes in and quotes <laughs> Dr. Uh, Oppenheimer's quote uh, that he said when he saw uh, the, the first nuclear explosion. Quote, now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, which is arguably the coolest fucking thing you could ever say. Uh, I saw a bit of trivia about this that, uh, it doesn't add up with the timeline of real life of when he said that quote. Like he wouldn't say that quote for another like fifteen years oh, in real man. life. Damn, yeah, that movie's also, bad. Mm-hmm. No, in the, in this universe, that dude exactly got inspired by this character. There That's you go. fair. There you go. That is fair. And with that, oh, let wow. me tell you about our sponsors. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Me Undies. I absolutely love Me Undies. I wear it all the time, as you guys see. My t-shirts are all me undies at this point because I love that soft micro modal fabric. And guess what? They also make undies and socks and lounge pants and hoodies and onesies. It's crazy. They offer everything that you can put on your body and you should. It's fantastic because while right now I'm wearing pretty much all black head to toe, they got a ton of options, especially when it comes to the undies. Uh, They have a whole bunch of different prints. There's bold prints, adventurous prints, classic prints. Right now, I'm just wearing green ones, just a classic green. Don't want to get too crazy. But tomorrow, who knows? Maybe I'll get some pizza, some pizza on some neon blue. It's great. I love having choices. You could too have choices by going to MeUndies.com slash morning. That's MeUndies.com slash morning to get 15% off your first order and free shipping. MeUndies.com slash morning. Perfect. Yeah, thank you. Uh, let's see. Spocko tells him about Stalin's new mind weapons. He's like, we're going to fucking take over your brains. You're not even going to know it. That's what the skull is. Um, 
The legend of Akator is all true. As a city of supreme beings of technology and paranormal abilities. And then she shows them the alien corpse they took from Nevada. She's like, we found these all over Russia. But for some reason, we need this other one, too. They bring in Oxley, who's mad as a hatter. Uh, and then the skull opens a psychic channel if you look into it. But Ox looked into it for too long. And now he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Uh, that's what the Russians are after. Power over the mind of man. Uh, Indy looks into the skull and his brainwaves start going bananas. The music here reminds me of Basic Instinct, which freaks me out a little bit. Uh, they I also end... just like I, I don't ever need Harrison Ford to be directed to act in a distressed manner where his head. All right, yeah, move, uh, yeah, Harrison, <laughs> you jerk your body around and your head around. Got it. Uh, I'm like, no, this ain't working. Let's, this ain't can doing we fast it. forward this? Can we? Like, <laughs> we need to speed this up. It just looks really bizarre. Like CG this part. Yeah. Let's and you do, would think, let, by the way, let's that, see like, the Doctor Strange, like weird, kind of looking into the future. So this is the part, by the way, where the aliens sort of um, embed in his mind that he has to return the skull, which we know because he has one line later that says, "They told me I have to return the skull." Return. This scene should have been sort of important and doesn't feel yeah. important. It just sort of feels like we're we're laying out some exposition there. But I would have liked to have seen a visual of him like having flashes of the aliens or something like that. Also. Um, another thing that would have been cool was not knowing there was a paranormal or supernatural or alien thing happening until the kind of third act of the story, like we've sort of seen before, right? Um, like for Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, we don't get any elements that are outside of the reality of what we know until really they go into the temple and find the night, right? Everything else is just sort of like standard fare for Indy. And then we see this night, and you're like, oh shit, this stuff's real. This might actually be real. Whereas we sort of know aliens are around from the first act of this movie, which kind of takes this thing out of it at the end. Well, the that end, was the weirdest, the, the weirdest thing for me is like, we get to the kingdom skull, the crystal skull so quickly in the film. And yeah. even before that, we get the aliens and references to all of it. So I was convinced that by the end of the movie, it was going to be almost a reversal, like more of like an uncharted four type thing where it's like, no, okay, no, no, there was hints that this was going to be supernatural, but it actually yeah, we is a supernatural way of, yeah, and like yeah. that could have been cool, but like when this movie fucking ends with like a spaceship what we all envision <laughs> of alien, like when an alien looks like, they're like, yeah, the green one, nah, we're gonna make him gray. <laughs> it's like okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's very very weird. Um, let's see. Uh, they bring him outside and they're like, we're gonna torture Mutt unless you help us find this thing. And he's like, that's not enough for me. I don't care about this fucking kid. He didn't even go to college. And then they're like, well, okay, how about this? Mutt's mom, bring out Marion Ravenwood. And he's <sighs> like, Marion, what are you doing here? And then Indy figures out. They just skip through that pretty quickly, and he figures out that Ox can write down the way to the city via something called auto-writing, and he draws some ideograms that Indy quickly translates to, the water sleeps until the great snake, which means he wants them to follow the curve of the river down to the Amazon. Tim, would you have gotten that? Oh, yeah, first try. Absolutely. I appreciate I like how obvious him this doing this is is writing. And then she's like, oh, I should have thought of that. I'm like, yeah, no shit. This yeah, is, no wow, fucking God. shit. Yeah. And also, like... It, I hate moments like this in movies that take me out of it so much where I'm looking at it and I'm like so concentrated on there's no way that this guy is just absentmindedly writing and Harrison Ford's just half-ass holding up this thing while having a conversation. (laughs) And he's like, it's going to write any, and he's like doing these beautiful drawings. And I'm like, 
That's what I was this gonna say. So he has weird. he has amazing form for how yeah. well these images. He turn never out. did. The aliens <laughs> did it though. You imagine <laughs> if we did that, you'd be like, it would cut and you wouldn't see what the drawing, and then it just cuts to what the page is. It's fucking gibberish. Just <laughs> <laughs> and Harrison Indiana Jones would still look at it and be like, oh my oh, god, looks. We have to go to New here. Jersey. There's something. El Dorado here. was an alien city. I knew it. Uh, let's see. Uh, much uh, Mutt punches a dude and they escape into one of the only things I ever feared in the 80s, guys. Lasers and quicksand. There's quicksand there, uh, which Andy, of course, is like, it's not quicksand, it's dry sand. And I was like, that's actually kind of a funny beat. Uh, then Andy it. tells Ox to go get help. And I'm like, where do you fucking, you're in the middle of, where, is he, where do you think he's going to go? Yeah. You're 40 you feet away from the place. Yeah. Yeah. I got this, guys. I'm medicated now. I'm good. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mutt comes back with a python. Uh, or excuse me. This is the part where Marion's like, hey, we're going to die, so I have to tell you something. Mutt is your son. His real name is not Mutt. It's Henry Jones uh, Jr. the third. Or okay. Henry Jones the third. And Indy immediately asks her why she didn't make him finish school, which is a really funny line and done well. I think these two have still have good chemistry even after all these years. Uh, Mutt comes back with a python, and Indy freaks out. Uh, he's like, he makes him call it a rope, uh, just like I have to call uh, Diet Coke water these days when my wife asks. No, I'm drinking water. Uh, this whole scene to me is an example of this movie in a nutshell because when it works, it's yep. working really great. Like getting the back and forth between Marion and Indy, I'm like, okay, I like these characters. This is this is the indie i love and then there's just the weird stuff of like the quicksand line of him kind of going into teacher mode it's funny as a concept but it goes back to the library moment for me of like he wouldn't act this way in this situation like indy's way craftier than this way more clever like fun even and to deal with the snake in the way he does is like i hate the way he does the snake and i hate that that's the solution and no, the snake like would tear he in half to he shouldn't have to react to a snake because it shouldn't be a part of the fucking sequence. It should At all. Like, it's so stupid. It's it's yet another one of the dumb things that just makes me dislike the movie because like, like you have so much to work with to make this movie serviceable and decent and above average. But you do you're making a lot of bad choices and this whole snake fiasco is just so goddamn dumb. See, and, I was, uh, this I was, thing, scene to me is also a, a really good example of like Shia LaBeouf's by far not the worst part of this movie. And like, I'm not even talking oh, about no, him no. as an actor. I'm talking about him as a character. It's like him being Indiana Jones kid. Sure. Fine. Like, it's not that offensive of a choice. It totally could have been like, oh, they didn't need to do this thing. But it's like, whatever. It's fine. But then when he does things like this, it's like, this isn't in service of the film. This is like to get a moment for it's, people it's to be like, he really hates snakes, man, guys. Like, that's his yeah. thing. Yeah. And then, that's what I was talking to, right? Thing. This is it's too much fanfare and not enough and not not enough evolution for the characters. Um, and I was I mean, all these criticisms super valid. I couldn't see any of this through the fact that they apparently borrowed the fucking set from like Saved by the Bell goes to Hawaii. This thing looked straight out of a multicam fucking sitcom. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's see. Ox comes back with the only help he could probably find. And then I can't hold it against him because they're in the middle of the fucking desert, of course, or the uh, jungle comes back with the russians uh the russians use a giant cg forest cutter to carve a path <laughs> through the amazon while marion tells mutt about indy being his real father and he's like no, no no my father was a pilot and he's like you married that dumb motherfucker and she's like well you left me in the lurch and he goes well i didn't know you were pregnant and all that stuff uh we get some more backstory about why indy and marion broke up and indy tells mutt he's gonna go he's like you're gonna go back and finish school 
And Mutt's like, wait a minute, you th- like you thought it was totally fine when, before I was your kid. He's like, well, now you're my kid, and you can't be a fucking loser. Uh, then, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> then they kick Dovchenko to death uh, and use Mutt's <laughs> knife to, to cut himself free. Uh, and Indy cuts a hole in the truck canopy while Marion takes a moment to put their argument to rest. She says, I'm sure I wasn't the only one uh, uh, with him. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm sure I wasn't the only one to go on with my life. There must have been plenty of women for you over the years. And he goes, there was a few, but they all had the same problem. And she says, what's that? And he looks back at her and says, they weren't you, honey. And he goes up the thing, and we get a little moment of musical flair, and it's the only moment that I got feeling in this movie. I was like, yes. And then it cuts back to Marianne, and she's smiling, and I'm like, Perfect. Now we got to cut up to the canopy and it's the moment, right? We're kicking off the note. We stay on Marion and then we see the guy fall out from Marion's perspective and then they just get in the front seat. And I'm like, wow, what a missed opportunity. Bing, that bang, sucks. Boom. Bing bang, boom. Hey, uh, there were, let's see. Um, Indy shoots an RPG at the forest chopping machine, which blows it up. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's that piece is done. Holy <laughs> shit. This is so crazy because in another Indiana Jones movie, like he would have been on that fucking the, thing. The, the mine carts, right? Like going through, I'm always talking about there's always the perfect amount. There's always one more coming back. This scene is the opposite of that because it's not the perfect amount. It's just more, 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 more. He comes out, shoots this rocket. It hits the thing. Something, some CG blender thing made. comes yeah. flying at them, rolling through a bunch of cars, including theirs. The amount of times that their car gets like utterly freaking destroyed and they're totally fine, not in seatbelts or anything. I get that it's a movie, but it's like the Indiana Jones movies have set up some semblance of rules, some semblance Stakes. of things yeah. people can survive and not survive. And granted, they were goofy as hell, but like this is like just so much to the point that it's. It is noise. Well, you also want, you expect an escalation of action when it comes to these big action set pieces, right? And to me, when you introduce, like if we were in a video game and you started in a car, what would you think you'd have to do, right? You'd have to freaking pull a, a shadow of a Colossus and eventually it's going to end up on this thing, right? This is the tank from uh, uh, Last Crusade, right? We're going to have that fun action set piece where everyone's fighting the saw blades and he almost gets his face cut off. And obviously it's an homage to the propellers from all the other movies and things like that. Now they just blow it up and then we get a car chase between three cars that are moving at 10 miles an hour. And it makes you feel as though if someone were to get kicked out of the car, they would just pop up and go about their day. Like they, it, yeah. There's no sense of danger whatsoever in this. And we keep going on. Uh, and it just, because honestly, I think what happened was someone was like, we just got to get him to, we got to get to the ant holes. How do we get him there? Just have him drive around for 20 minutes and knock each other's nuts on some plants. We'll be good to go. That happens. Uh, it does happen. Um, let's see. Thankfully, uh, there's a box of fencing swords to keep Mutt busy because he's a fencer, guys. We, we know mm-hmm. that because he talked about having gone to school and fenced. Um, as Indy punches his way up the caravan, when he gets to Mac, Mac tells him, he's like, you stupid son of a bitch. I'm CIA. I'm a double agent. And I, for one, believe him. I just believe this guy 100%. Uh, Mac and Spalco fence for no reason. He's just so happy to see him every time, man. It's true. I guess he only has one friend left because that's what happens when all the rest of your friends get married and have kids and move on and you're still out there living that bachelor life. Tim, let that be a lesson to you. Spalco gets the... I'm just so fucking sick of the Mac at this point. Like... I don't need Mac to be in this movie Why is he in this fucking movie? Why is he in the movie? He's in a lot. He just keeps on his... Like, like... It's like they thought they needed to add an extra point of contention and 
I just don't need it, man. It's this dude sucks, and then he pops up at the end again to kind of triple cross. It wasn't a triple cross; it was actually just. I a lied double about cross. the double cross. Like it's it's so it's so pointless. All that. I'm gonna be honest. I, I don't remember where he ends up because there's the shot he where he like sucked away. He gets sucked he's, into yeah. the void. In yeah, the slowest fucking. He's thing bad of all again. Time. Like he he does yeah, the uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the flip the of triple, like the, he he's been leading them triple cross to, that wasn't a triple cross. Yeah, exactly that whole thing. But then Indy's like still trying to save him, and I'm like, I get it. it's like, oh, Indy's a good guy, but I'm like, also no, just run no, out of room, just fucking yeah. leave him. And also, he's Mac, an he, he just falls down at one point and lays on the ground. He he has like a minute and a half to pick himself up and yeah. come up the stairs, but and he doesn't. Like, he lays there until he gets the whip, and he goes, "Just let me go, Indy. This is yeah. uh, it's uh, this. No, like, just okay, get up. Let's no, go. Goes, Greg, I'll just get up." He screams like, "What the fuck do you want?" Like, I don't understand. Yeah. What the hell he says doing. something sentimental towards the end, and even with that, I was like, "Why are they doing this?" He just triple crossed us. I'm not going to believe that he that there's any sort of feeling between these two characters that can be resolved. Just let him yet, go. Yeah. Totally yet again, agree. at the end, it, uh, you know. This is another time where Spielberg or whoever was out for a week <laughs> came back and was like, no, but he has to, he has to rescue Mac again. He's going to try to rescue Mac. Like, why? Well, it's because like, they, they double cost it. Like, we don't have to have any of that stuff, actually. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, totally. yeah, that doesn't like, have to be. Die. Like, if you're having trouble figuring out what to do with Mac, you don't have to have him in the movie past the first sort of turn, you know? Like, yeah. why do we keep on trying to save and salvage this, this relationship? It's stupid. Yeah, Matt could have died before they went to Peru. He also could have died in the giant anthill we're about to get up to, uh, yeah. <laughs> along with Mutt, who swings there with the monkeys. That is a thing that they put in this movie. You want to talk so about Steven Spielberg must have been gone for a fucking month when this scene got conceived and shot. Last week, Nick, uh, you were like, Tim, okay, the first movie had the snakes. Second movie, you know, it had the bugs. Third movie, it, it had uh, uh, the rats. You're, you're like, you'll never guess what's in the next movie. And when I saw the first monkey, I was like, oh, no. Is it about to be fucking monkeys? And then there was a fuck ton of monkeys. And I was like, this could get crazy. And then it's like, no, they're just homies with Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. That yeah, was the same just, He's swinging through just, the trees, dude. It like turns into George of the Jungle for like a good two it's minutes. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't. And then, and then he meets up with them. He cuts them off. Perfectly a, slides through the car. It's like, what? Like, did they not have a Tim Gettys there to be like, guys? This sucks. Like, you can't <laughs> do this. Like, who do they really have no one around them? Is George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, are they just in their little cocoon of billionaires that they didn't yes. have a single solid PA who was like, you can't put that in this. People are going to laugh at it. This is bad. I need Indiana Jones to just sit down with his now son, now, you know, discovered son, newly discovered son, and just be like, how did. Can you explain the monkey thing to me? Like, how did you get? <laughs> how did you catch up to us? It makes no sense at all. It's, it's a, a scene out of context it's, of like greaser Shia LaBeouf swinging the jungle with monkeys. It's hilarious. I would love for a post-credit sequence where they're back at that same cafe and he's like, "Can you talk to monkey?" Like Pineapple Express style. <laughs> yeah, man, I got shot. It's crazy. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, let's see. They get to the ant hill, which is ridiculous. Uh, Ox uses the skull to control all the ants while Indy fights Dovchenko. And it's boring until Indy knocks him into the ant pile. And then it becomes incredibly gruesome as they drag him into the hole, eating him alive. Blessing. Kind of funny. Was there any sort of like hint that you can use the skull to control shit like that? You know, they they, they, they talk about mind control. Okay. That's what it's for. 
but they're trying to figure out how to use it to control minds and so ox has sort of figured that out but so that i kind of buy because he's already been controlled so he's a little bit more communicated and communicative with it or or you can utilize it he's just thinking like three-dimensionally and we're only thinking two-dimensionally so and i guess like the alien spoke to him and so i don't doubt that maybe maybe from that he gained some sort of knowledge of the skull and how to use it bunch of ants Uh, ants can get controlled but not little not scorpions Mm -mm. bring that Uh, Let's see. But, then dude, for... but then when I saw the ants, I was like, oh, okay, here's where we're starting to party. Yeah, like these ants, ants are going to be the actual threat. And obviously, these look like shit. The CG was horrible. There was Squishy. not a single scene that this was that this worked visually. But it was fucking dope seeing these people get devoured. And I was like, okay, I'm actually a little bit scared of this this situation because well, those when ants, they start climbing they fuck you up. When they mm-hmm. start climbing on themselves to form that little tower, I was like, oh my god, oh, like, you're not safe anywhere. These guys are crazy. <laughs> it was like a World War Z, but like they're a lot smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This and sequence Marcus. worked phenomenally for me. I'll tell you why. Because I watched it on this monitor from my bed back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just sense. laid down and watched it. it looked, all the CG looked flawless to me. Hey, if you thought the uh, effects in this look good, you should go back and watch the 2001 amazing movie, The Mummy, because they had basically the exact same effects in it. Yeah, last week I told you guys there was 2,000 rats in the scene uh, this week. There were zero ants, actually. In this oh, scene. wow. Hard to believe. This Hard is the only believe. scene I remember from watching it in theaters. And wow. even though mm-hmm. – I, I remember even at the time, I think the CG didn't look great. But just like that one part where they fucking like go over that one dude and he's being eaten alive. It was fucking gnarly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then all the ants disappear, and for no reason the Russians – run away from indiana jones and the other people even though they have more numbers superior numbers and superior firepower they decide we got to get off this cliff and get away from this whole situation so marion decides to do the exact same thing only she blasts her car off the cliff landing safely in the tree below and does that look Dude, like the I cartoon that- like ooh. i'm like what was the plan Yo, this was horrible. It's like, horrible. They, yeah. they should have just fucking drove off the cliff and landed in the water. In the water. That would have been more believable. Not believable, but more believable than what we got. But also, yeah. but but we didn't see. It's like when you look at how the scene was shot, that would have made sense if they had to do that. Mm-hmm. But the ants were receding. It's not like we had a wall, an ocean of ants. Receding. Exactly, right? We didn't have an ocean of ants coming toward them to the point where they had no other choice. Like when Indy in, um, in, in Temple of Doom, when they go off the fucking snowy ledge and hit the water down below, they didn't have a choice. They, they couldn't stop, right? This, they could have just stopped and reassessed their situation for a second. I don't know why any of this But don't they happened. have the Russians chasing them here? No, the Russians are rappelling down the fucking uh, the cliff for no reason. I don't know why... They're like, <laughs> well, they're coming after them, right? No, the way it's like, they start repelling first and then Marion shoots yeah. the car off and they look, they literally okay, lock well, eyes they don't with know Splinko. That, then they're just trying to get away from the ants. They don't understand the ants. Yeah, I think they're trying to get but right? again, the ants are, don't look to be that big of an eminent threat because they the started ant. to recede into yeah. their ant hills. The ants double agent CIA. Oh, oh, of course. Wow. Shit. I legit rewind the scene because I thought I missed something. You know, like when when Marion looks over at Indy, when Indy's like, "Don't do that again," and Marion like gives the smile, like, "I did that shit." I was right. like, "Did she do that shit?" And I what rewound it, do? and I was like, "No, you just drove off a cliff and just risked it all." For, and yeah, no, that you was weird. I didn't tree. like it. It's very weird. I, mean, I could be wrong. I think the idea, Greg, was that the ants were supposed to be still coming for them. But when you look at how it's shot, I just didn't. You don't get the feeling that these things are like an impending death coming at them, and they have to make these harsh decisions. Um, Let's see but, where we but at. But they couldn't uh, have done that. They couldn't have had the car just go off the cliff and land in the water because they had to immediately follow it up with them going down 
three waterfalls. Three. It got bigger and bigger every time. And yeah. I gotta say, not bad it. Not yeah. mad at it. I you know why you're not shit. mad at it, Tim? Because it gave you mass, mad <laughs> oh, Fast yeah. and Furious 7 vibes. Which, this movie shouldn't do. This movie <laughs> no. should not be doing that. And it's just, it's so out of place. I'll say I this. Re- I had to rewind the waterfall thing also because I thought my playback was fucking up and it was replaying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> and so when I rewound it again, he was like, no, three. And I was like, oh, I get it. They're doing the same scene three times. Movie's fucking terrible. What you know else really were you dur- doing during this movie? Were you on email? Were <laughs> was, you on I was, Instagram? I was, playing, I was playing Switch. I was like, gotcha, you know what, man? I can't, just, yeah. I can't just focus on this thing anymore. Wait, are they it's... still in the waterfall? I thought something's wrong. <laughs> I, Andy, what's up? I, I just hated that Marion still had the, the, the steering wheel in her hand. Makes no sense at all. Like, it's not like... Like, she flew out with everybody else. Like, everybody kind of just dispersed on that final uh, waterfall. No way she would have just everything you're saying is true, Andy, but it makes me smile because it reminds me of uh, when Stewie's on the pet pills and crashes the car and it's still just (laughs) jerking the wheels sitting in the cab (laughs) of the truck. Uh, Anyway, they all survive and they make it to shore. The whole time, Ox keeps spouting out riddles and stuff, and none of it makes any sense or has any real impact on you emotionally because this movie seems like paint by numbers at this point. Uh, Andy heads into a big rock face that looks like one of the skulls uh, because the aliens told him to return the skull, and he tells him, I wish you'd have seen that again, but they just told him. And so uh, he tells us more stuff about the lost city of sun worshipers who really worship the aliens. And it's revealed there were 13 aliens who came to visit and be worshipped and uh, and follow. Let's see. Well, I kind of wish it was revealed at this point that they were aliens, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Cool scene where the protectors of the city come out of the walls and the ceiling. I love the visuals here where they're just yeah. kind of like literally embedded into the environment and they come out Freaky. and scary as shit. Uh, thankfully it's not too scary to him because they chase them into a completely computer generated Valley that just looks so fake and so bloomy that I want to swallow this USB. Oh my God. Okay. Do it. Do it. Oh, don't do, do it. it. Do it. Do it. Oh, oh no. Uh, you got to know everything. That's the only way to get the knowledge. It's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, they corner. Let's see. Uh, they corner everyone. And Ox uses again, the skull to control them and ward them off. Guess what? Mac dropped a giant tracking device for Spalco and her Multiple. team will follow. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't see the second one until a little bit later. And I start thinking to myself, Greg, where was he hiding these dragon Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> 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 Hold on, guys. I got to shit again. Man, you've shit three times already. I know. It's the only way they can find this. Also, they shouldn't be beeping. Like, come on. They shouldn't yeah. be, like, you're doing the beeping so, you, so we know that they're tracking devices, but then they would have heard them on Mac, you know? Uh, meanwhile, the gang uh, makes their way up to the top of the temple, and Indy figures out that Ox couldn't find his way in originally, so he must have uh, taken the skull back to the grave. That's the reason, Blessing. That's the reason why mm-hmm. the skull was taken back to the grave. Not hold on to it. Not hang out there and try to figure out the riddle or call your boy. Take it back to the grave. Uh, then he just keeps throwing out lines of exposition, explains stuff that Ox figured out, and it's bafflingly lazy writing. They find the way into the temple, which is really dangerous, and they uh, make their way all the way down to the final level. Outside, the Russians have murdered all the temple guards, and Spalco finds another tracker pooped out by Mac. Um, I'm assuming he hid them. Some, uh, we already talked about that. Indy and the team find a massive treasure trove of items all throughout time. The aliens, as it turns out, Tim, were archaeologists, just like us. They use the skull to open a secret entrance into a final chamber where all of the 13 aliens are sitting in their crystal form. Uh, all of them are full except for one, which is missing its head. Ox goes to put the head back on, but Mac stops him again at gunpoint. He's like, I lied about being a double agent, governor. I'm just a single agent. And Indy 
When are you going to stop <gasps> trusting people? Spalco comes in and takes that skull out of Ox's hand. She's like, I want an Oompa Loompa now, Daddy. I'm going to be the one that gets all of this information. Give me the knowledge. Give me the knowledge now. She puts the skull back on its body and it fires up. Uh, uses Ox Moves to all around, sits Ooh. down. Uh, Ox, of course, starts talking uh, clearly because the, the, the alien is communicating through him. Uh, Spalco says, I want to know everything they you know. Fire up the interdimensional spaceship. Let's go. Uh, Ox gets his sanity back immediately and tells them uh, this place is a portal to another dimension. So Indy and his team are like, that sounds fucking horrible. Let's bang out of here. And they dive through a little hole as everything starts to spool up. But Spalco's like, no, nah, I'm going to stay behind because I'm, I I still think some good can come of this. They're going to give uh, me all the knowledge. Exactly. Indy tries to get Mac to stop looting the place, but then Mac just lays down on the ground for a while. <laughs> so and then, terrible. And then Indy so throws whip to him. Like, He's like, take my whip. It's, it's got to be in, they're filming in one shot. Mac twists the ankle, goes down early. And then it's uh, now computer generated. We're going to start taking the floor away from you really quickly. All right, great. Thank you. And instead in the shot, they use two scenes of him falling down. So there's, he's just laying on the ground. No, then they toss Greg, the rope to him with it even not even falling apart yet. He tosses the <laughs> rope to him, and Matt catches it, still on the ground. And then they talk. And he's like, Indy, you got to let me go, Governor. I've double-crossed you for the last time. Still on the ground. And then he starts floating up in the air and gets sucked away. I'm like, you should have tossed the whip at him as he's being pulled away, and he grabs it. That's how you create yeah. tension, Steven Spielberg. I went to UC Irvine fucking film studies school. He Listen did. to me next time. Hire Damn. me. I'll be the Here's PA that goes me. out and gets the dirt for the gopher hole. Thank you, Andy. I'll be the fucking <laughs> person that glasses. tells you that pulls you aside and goes, "Are you fucking kidding me with swinging with the monkeys?" Just as for at least hundred dollars, cut the scene. Dirt, you know? mm-hmm. That's for or I'm going to get $200. We're going to split it and get coffee after. Yeah, don't have him at all in the movie. Like, get him out way earlier so we don't have to worry about this shit. But, uh, like, you you expect us to care about this character as if, as if he kind of does right by them at the end, right? Yeah, no. Like, as if, like, maybe he regrets the double crossing and then ends up saving them and then now Indy's trying to save him he's like nah, let me go man like i've i've made my mistakes it's time like it's time for me to go but we're letting go of a dude who doesn't feel bad at all for what he did and multiple yeah. multiple people died because of him yep. you know he, like, i'm yeah. watching it again right now he is laying on the ground for so long so long in so, a wide and shot then, then just what, use your legs, Mac. I can't do it alone. He just lays there. He gives nothing. He doesn't move. Jonesy, I'm going Terrible. to be all right. And then he gets sucked up and screams like a fucking bitch on his way out. Like, <laughs> why did you say you're going to be all right? Why didn't you get up? I gave you all these options. Hey, man. You laid there like a I'm fucking going slug. The, I'm going to the next dimension, Greg. They got pizza over there. We're going to be all right. Pizza out there. <laughs> why uh, are you screaming at the last second? It, this, this whole bit is why, to me, the bad guys in this are easily the worst. Oh, because easily. not only him double, triple, like any crossing, like who cares? It's not interesting. And like the way that it ends is just truly bizarre. But even like her, the main bad guy, it's like, what are you, what's she even doing? It's she like, wants power, man. That's she wants knowledge. knowledge. She wants knowledge. Treasure, yeah. She's getting the knowledge. But then now where is she? Like, it's just That's the, what she wanted. She, she won. When you think about it, you know, uh, she got what yeah, she ex- exactly, which is stupid. <laughs> like um, that, that was a dumb thing to want. 
it's 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 one of those things going back to andy's earlier point of of um from mac like the way they did it in crystal skull was better right we get we get moments with snyder where you actually see her breaking down and i'm sorry no not not crystal skull um last crusade pardon me where you see her during the burning of the books realizing that this nazi party is out of control and it's pre-world war ii so she doesn't quite realize the full breadth of their fucking evilness and then by the end, she ends up, you kind of feel like, okay, that's earned, right? She gives the guy the wrong chalice and is like, Indy, I've been wrong the whole time. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, even though lots of people have died from this. And then, of course, she has to die because she's got done things that are just too far gone. In this, yeah, th- th- that character is super stupid. Um, where are we? Oh, okay, so everyone gets sucked into the inner dimension. Uh, Spocko gets sucked <laughs> into the, the, the inner dimension as well. Before that happens, he's like, wow, there were aliens. And then he's like, actually, point of uh, point of clarification, they're interdimensional beings. And I'd be like, Ox, shut the shut fuck, the up, fuck right, up, bro. Fuck just up, shut Ox. up, bro. Like, now's not the um, time, bro. Also, I just want to point out here that one of the one of the criticisms of Raiders of the Lost Ark that we joked about when we watched it was that um, Indiana Jones didn't need to be in that movie. He doesn't really do anything that um, that moves the plot along or it kills the bad guys at the end. And it's the exact same in this one. Yeah. If he had just told them where it was, she would have gone there. All of them would have died. And then the thing with the ship would have left. This would have fucking happened. That's what I'm saying. It's like, what the hell was the point of this? Zero. There is zero point, and that is exactly what happened. She gets sucked up into the thing. The interdimensional beings go, even though they fly, fucking interdimensional beings has to still fly in a flying saucer for some reason because that's what aliens look like, even though they're not aliens, they're interdimensional beings. Ah, uh, where did they go? He says to Ox as the thing takes off. He goes, "Did they go back into space?" And he goes, "Not into space, into the space between spaces." And I'd be like, "This is that even gonna is that even gonna tell me if I throw this motherfucker off that cliff into that gorge?" And they'd be like, no, I just hurl his ass. Done. Uh, then Indy calls Ju- uh, uh, Mutt Henry Jones Jr. He's like, whatever, Jr., we're gonna, where are you going to go, Jr.? And then Mutt throws it back in his face, and he's like, hey, I'll tell you where I didn't go. Why didn't you stick around when I was a kid? And, then the, scene, and then the scene ends. And he goes, dad. What kind of question is that, though? Like, why didn't you stick around? Like, he didn't know you existed, dude. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> It's really, really dour. Uh, and then Indy gets promoted to associate dean. I guess he gets his job back, even though he hasn't at all interacted with the FBI. And when he gets back to the States, Greg, how are you going to explain this away? Lots of people died. We killed a lot of indigenous people. So a lot of Peruvians are just dead, and we can't explain that. Um, and also, we lost your skull, and we lost that thing. But I guess I'm okay, FBI, right? We cool? We're cool? We cool. cool. All right. I'm not, I'm not a traitor cool. to the country. Don't worry. No, not at all. Uh, now he's getting married to Marion, and they seal the lighting. That's oh, great. <laughs> they seal the deal with a kiss, and Mutt grabs the camera to take a picture of them as they walk down the aisle. As he does so, the wind of adventure blows the door out, uh, outside, uh, causing Indy's hat to blow over to him at his feet. He brings it up to put it on his head, but he's just away from it. Indy snatches it out of his hand, and he goes, No thanks, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, you simply don't have the stuff. And then the theme plays, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, COVID has killed the fifth movie. <laughs> it definitely yeah, has not killed it. It Seven is coming July 29, twenty twenty, with James Mangold potentially twenty twenty directed twenty twenty one. Actually, that I'll dial that back. That does sound awesome, and I hope they make another movie because it, it employs three thousand people every time they make one of these fucking things. So that's really good. James Mangold, cool. fucking good at this job. And James Mangles a bad motherfucker too. Yeah. That's cool. Is, is the next you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your haiku reviews just like, of course, Miscellaneous did. Always doing the plot in haiku form. 
flashback indie steel nope this is last crusade sorry about that <laughs> moving on down a little bit uh new russian hottie hey look there are no nazis what will use got me wow nothing greater how do you escape that crater refrigerator, refrigerator. <laughs> fucking great great wow nothing greater or oh, no already said that juggle fights on cars least favorite scene by far mutt like ape swings far they offer a big gift interdimensional rift russian demise swift Wow. And uh, they're like, this is a bonus here. Try not to do so many, but here's an extra I wrote week one that I haven't been able to use. Must respect the drip. Indy with his hat and whip hanging from his hip. Miscellaneous, you got a gift. You got you a damn gift. You should write these Hallmark haikus, cards. Man. Be a rapper. <laughs> Mr. Hollywood says, God, this movie sucks. Why does Shia keep crying? Aliens? Really? And Ignacio Rojas says, why'd they do this? How's this Indiana Jones? Spielberg, what happened? What happened? What happened, Steven? Hit me with some of that. Ragu-bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Ragu. Guys, welcome back, guys. The podcast within a podcast where we rank and review the villains of the Indiana Jones cinematic universe. Right now, at number one, we have the Thuggy Cult. Uh, in number two, we have Totten Bellick from Indiana Jones 1. In number three, we have more Nazis and the Nazi sympathizer from the other Indiana Jones. Where do we want to put these guys? Dead last? Great. Dead last. Man, I, I will say, when I first saw the monkey, I was like, oh shit, is this like the friend of the monkey from the yeah, first one? Man. But it's he like he's learned, friend, from, learned from the problems. He, yeah, he's good learned monkeys. from his mistakes. He's, he's done being a Nazi sympathizer. I'm a changed man. Yeah. I'm a changed man. I believe in yeah. communism now. Does anyone have an argument <laughs> that they're not dead last? <laughs> no, nah, they're dead last. Remember how cool Kate Blanchett was in Thor Ragnarok? I want to yes, watch that hella. movie again. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we can rank that. It's got to be number four, right? We're yeah, right. No, it's it's not, we're over them. Number no one, The Last Crusade. Number two is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number three is Temple of Doom. And I imagine number four is Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Does anyone here have an argument against that? No. <laughs> and there you have it. Uh, we will return one day with Indiana Jones in review. But like I said, next week we are starting Pixar in review with Bugs Life continuing off where Toy Story left off. And then uh, we're going to do WandaVision to get back Woo! to that MCU dream, baby. But until then, part time. <laughs>